You're listening to What's in the Box, the Xbox News Reviews, Theories, and Conspiracies podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh Hutton, and I'm joined by the man who's named his nipples Helen Keller and the Widowmaker, Kyle Sandin. <laughs> the dynamic duo. <laughs> Coming at you. <laughs> and we're also joined by a man who has seen a bra before, Hunter Seelock. <laughs> At least one. Congratulations. <laughs> and rounding out the foursome is a man who has only engaged in sexual activities within a foursome, Brooks Nickel. That is uh, wildly inaccurate. Wildly inaccurate. Prove it. There's a fivesome. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a fivesome in there somewhere. Come on. I said it. It's out there. You can't stop it now. The Jackson uh, fivesome. <laughs> How was everybody's week? Everybody doing good? Doing good, good man. Hell Living yeah! The dream. I love it. I love it. Um, I think we might should start uh, with the most pressing legal issue this podcast is facing. Yes. Oh, yes. So last week we we caught a uh, cease and desist uh, from two people who also asked us to not use their last names. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes it difficult to read this letter because uh, yes. their last names are in it a lot. Um, so <laughs> uh, um, I'm going to say that it's so I'm, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll call them uh, Waddlesworth and Harrison because I'm feeling lazy. But this is from Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe, Attorneys at Law. And this is a cease and desist from Benjamin D. Waddlesworth, Esquire, whose telephone number uh, questionably is 1-800-867-5309, which sounds very familiar to me. Uh, Damn you, Tommy Two-Tone. But it says, uh, Dear Joshua J. Hutton, which is my Christian name, it has come to my attention that you have made an unauthorized use of the copyrighted work entitled Milf City. The work by Jacob G. Harrison. (laughs) Mr. Harrison has reserved all rights in the work, which was first published on September 13th, 1990 which Mr. Harrison (laughs) informs me is exactly 40 weeks before your birth date. This is not true. There's no way there are 40 weeks between September and December of 1990. I am not a math expert, but that shit seems wrong to me. Oklahoma math. Uh, I mean, they're not Oklahoma yeah, they're not no Yeah, yeah. Your work entitled "Milf City 2 is essentially identical to the work and clearly used the work as its basis. For example, the use of the word "throbbing" sixty-nine times in the first chapter is a clear and obvious use of the text for Mr. Harris's Mr. Harrison's excuse Milf City. Um, <laughs> You, you write you write the name of one fake screenplay on The Sims 4, and this is what happens to you. This is real. Uh, can, I just, can I just say that I've read this, but it's mm-hmm. so much better when it's read aloud to you. Yes, I agree. So much better. Uh, it's, well, it's that, and it's like a fine wine. It just gets a little better. Every time. Yeah, it gets a little better. It's got levels, for sure. Um, yeah. All right. 
All right, bear with me. You neither asked for nor received permission to use the work as the basis for MILF City 2, nor to make or distribute copies of it. Therefore, you have willfully infringed Mr. Harrison's rights under 17 U.S.C. Section 101 uh, at sequence and could be liable for statutory damages as high as 150000 as set forth in Section 504C2 therein. That all sounds like bullshit to me. I mean, <laughs> have I looked any of this up? Yeah. No, no, but, no, I mean, I mean those numbers don't mean anything. Bird law, but... In yeah, that's law. the only, only <laughs> law no I'm familiar clue. with. No clue. And then it says, I demand that you immediately cease the use and distribution of all infringing works derived from the work and all copies, including electronic copies of same that you deliver to me, if applicable, all unused, undistributed copies of same or destroy such copies immediately. And that you desist from this or any other infringement of Mr. Harrison's rights in the future. This includes works entitled MILF city Two. Uh, MILF City 2 with an alternate spelling or any other iteration or implication of a sequel to MILF City by Jacob G. Harrison. <laughs> if I have not received an affirmative response from you by June 9th indicating that you have fully complied with these requirements, we shall consider taking any and all legal remedies available to rectify the situation. Sincerely, Benjamin D. Waddlesworth. <laughs> well, first of all... My God. Fuck these guys, right? I mean, right. we're not ceasing and desisting ever. Mm-hmm. No, we're persisting and insisting forever. No <laughs> city, too. Uh, I mean, it needs to be heard. I'm yeah, it needs to be heard. You should. Super catch fire twice. Yeah, uh, I'm changing everything. I I'm assuming the identity of Milf City Two from here on out. <laughs> on you, I'm already destitute. Come and take it. <laughs> <laughs> See what you can pull off of it. Yeah. Oh man. You can have the one dollar and sixty three cents in my bank account. That's fine. <laughs> but you better get it today because I'm overdrawing that bastard tomorrow. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shit. Oh, oh man. Well, this has been a pretty big week for news, and and you guys have have been. Uh, mm-hmm. Cranking away, doing the research, punching the old finding time the clock. facts. And Hunter, Sweet. I'm going to toss it over to you to take lead on this section. Yeah. Our, our the Walter Cronkite of the group. Mm. Um, right. So hit, hit off with our our hard hitting material okay. of the week. Well, speaking of sexual harassment and legal problems, <laughs> Walter um, Cronkite. <laughs> <laughs> um, R.I.P. <laughs> so Riot Games is in a bit of a this is in a bit of a sticky situation. Uh, yeah. There is uh, this is a this is a pretty big a pretty big topic. There's a shitload of information on Kotaku. They've been doing some journal uh, journalism on this since uh, last year in August, I believe, was the latest one. Uh, Cecilia DeAnastasio. I don't know. You Google Riot Games and Kotaku, and you'll find all this shit. But the 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 short version is uh, on the 29th of this month, uh, this article came out the, that's detailing that there's a walkout scheduled by Riot employees on Monday, May the 6th, over Riot allegedly attempting to block two current gender discrimination lawsuits uh, with arbitration. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That'll it's pretty, get you. 
Yeah, that'll do it. Well, there. This is a. This has been an ongoing theme at Kotaku, according or as, excuse me, at Riot Games, not Kotaku, according to yeah. Kotaku. There's yeah, been. I like just want to say real quick, how crazy yeah. is it that and then that people are willing to risk their jobs to do that? Like, I I think just on like a real surface level, like that's pretty. That's pretty cool that people yeah. are willing to go. Hey, here's our support for you. And at the risk of losing our jobs, because we've, we, I mean, in hell, we've talked about several stories in here about several layoffs just within the last couple of months. I mean, yeah, um, right. these people are treated as very disposable, and to just lean into that and go, fuck it, you know, we're, we're going to show our support. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's this one. There's been five current or former employees that's filed suits over the past couple of months. That's alleged um, general sexism. It it seems to all go around a a fostered sexist workplace culture, something of that, of that nature. Yeah. Um, But last Thursday on April 25th, Ralph Riot filed a motion to force these two of the five into arbitration. These specific suits revolved around uh, the California equal pay act and the, the um, uh-huh. the problem, according to or that's stated by the the current employees, is that the arbitration is extrajudicial. There's no judge, no jury. They can just push all this stuff kind of into the darkness and just kind of let it die where nobody knows what's going on. Um, riots riots counter to that is you sign a agreement when you get hired that you'll go to these arbitrations. So that's their cover legally. Uh, so I don't know. It's it's a bit of a mess, honestly. It's it's a real mess. This it really a lot of it started, like I said, back in 2018. Kotaku has this huge article. It's the same lady that wrote it, where they spoke to 28 former and current employees, and I'll just kind of go over some of the allegations. And most of them are allegations, uh, but I'll talk about some of the stuff that definitely happened for sure. Right? It's basically yeah. said it so. But there's been accusations of unsolicited dick pics. Um, Jesus, geez, dude, like, yeah, like up, like some pretty horrendous shit. Is like, there any other mm-hmm. kind? Of well, dick pics, though. That's, that's a good point. I would argue, yes. Um, I know all. that Kyle has sent me unsolicited Bic pics. Ooh. <laughs> uh, yes. Ballpoint, yeah. I hope. Yeah, I see. <laughs> yeah, ballpoint Bics, particularly a Bic <laughs> for her. Scandalous. It's pretty, uh, pretty <laughs> sultry. But uh, yeah. now, Hunter, what God, you no unsolicited dick pics. Dick pics in the state of California could be found to cause cancer. Yes, that's what I've heard. Oh, tragic. I know. Well, that's, that'll probably work it into the lawsuit. Work into the lawsuit. <laughs> but these allegations range everywhere from the unsolicited dick pics to just a quote unquote bro culture and not hiring hardcore or real gamers and saying that people aren't cultural fits, uh, cultural fits, not core gamers, shit like that. So th- some of them are pretty loose allegations, uh, anecdotal type shit. But then. There, like, there's one glaring instance. Scott Gelb was a COO. Um, well, there's an investigation because he was accused of slapping dudes in the balls, right, and like farting on people's faces walking into meetings, like some real <laughs> shit. I'm not High school football. Shit. This is re- this is real. This is the COO of Riot Games. Greg, how's the wife and kids? <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Take right. that, Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> this week he, he's right. farting in people's oh, faces. God. Next week it's chemical castration. Oh, God. Yeah. 
<laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> I responded by giving this guy two months of unpaid leave and training. He's still the COO, at least at the time of recording, near as I can Fuck. tell. Uh, yeah, like like that's one of those things. If it was just a lot of these other allegations, you'd say, okay, like I don't, it's it, we our justice system isn't made for he said she said, so you can't really do anything with it. You know what I'm saying? You have to have some yeah. form of evidence. Mm-hmm. But like Riot did its thing and punished the guy, so they know, like they at least that's real. So like there is, mm-hmm. there are a few cases that would lend credibility to some of the more anecdotal stuff. Absolutely, um, and 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 Riot Riot makes League of Legends, right? Yes, Riot's League of Legends. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's the big, that's that's the that's crim. Yeah, you know a dude that's that's using that kind of jock locker room tomfoolery is never played League of Legends, which is one of the nerdiest, <laughs> most mm-hmm. I think so insulated <laughs> games of all time. <laughs> so uh, uh, that's a bad so. COO. You need you need somebody that has some real experience with League of Legends. May I present Brooks Nickel <laughs> uh, for your COO? Oh yeah, right. But yeah, so I mean, I'm going to spare you a lot of this main article. It's inside the culture of sexism at Riot Games. That's the name of the article on Kotaku. If you're more interested, you can go into it. It kind of details a lot more of the specifics of it. But the demands of the walkout are one. I'm going to quote these: one, clear intention to end the forced arbitration; two, a precise deadline by which to end it. Six months uh, by the, from six months from now to have a policy to end the forced arbitration. Number three is a commitment to not force arbitration on women involved in ongoing litigation against Riot in the future. So those are the are, are the demands. And if they're met, then they're not going to do the walkout on Monday. It's yet to be seen, A, how many people are involved. Like nobody knows even internally, according to talk to the people they've talked to. Nobody really knows who's going to be participating, you know, like to what scale it is. But I will say this worked on Google this year <laughs> or just late last year. A similar type of deal over forced arbitration. There was a huge walkout on Google, and in February, Google agreed to end forced arbitration over similar type of shit. So, like this, there's uh, there's precedence for this kind of stuff working at these large tech companies. So, or the reasons for all this is that they're pulling from core gamers, and that core gamers are mainly male. This is just one of the things I found interesting. Roughly 2,500 employees at Riot. They're approximately 80% male, 20% female, according to Riot. Um, and in one of these articles, I just thought this kind of cut against part of the ar- the argument of the, of the uh, article. There's a game data company called Quandric Foundry that between 2015, 2017, surveyed 270,000 gamers to see who they were, what they were playing. And as far as MOBAs, which is multiplayer online battle arenas, which is League of Legends, Dota 2, it's 90% yeah. male, 10% female, and FPS games is 93% male and 7% male. So, like, if that's your grounds for saying it's a sexist company, you already beat those numbers. Like, that's not the point they make. That's not their main point. I just thought that was interesting, you know? Sure, uh, sure. Yeah. And you're never going to find a perfect balance. It, it, it no. is shocking when you hear 80 and 20, but but that's it's good to put it in the context of what it is in, in right. the player space, yeah. So according to those numbers, yeah, they're they're doing pretty good if you just look at those those three sets of data points. But I, I will insert this here so we don't get sued again. Uh, Riot's yeah, response, fuck. yeah. Riot's response on individual stuff was we're not commenting; these rumors aren't true. On individual uh, anecdotes, when that when Kotaku called on them, uh, was well, we didn't know that that happened. That's totally unacceptable. That shouldn't have happened. If we knew what had happened, we'd have fired the people. Blah blah blah. It's standard stuff you would expect. But Riot right. did have a response, which I feel like we need to tell you about. 
So the, the first article, as I understand, as I've understood it, came out on August 7th in 2018, detailing the, the worst of these allegations inside the culture of sexism at Riot Games. And then on August 29th, 2018, on Riot's uh, website, it's riotgames.com. It's a blog called Our First Steps Forward. They address all of this. Um, they start out with a list of apologies who they apologize to, uh, the rioters who they call their their workers, the contractors, fans, blah, 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 about that kind of step, uh, that kind of stuff and the steps they're going to take in the future, which includes expanding culture, diversity, inclusion, which just gives me a migraine. Um, a bunch of this stuff seems crazy, but uh, the way it's worded just it's kind of buzzwordy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, sure. it's, it's buzzwordy. Just, I don't know. It doesn't, I don't understand that. But it's just shit you say because you got to say it. So I don't, it's, it's yeah. yet to be seen what's actually going to happen. But I will, um, riots apologized in certain instances and said, we're going to do better and laid out a plan that they think addresses the issue. But that's, that's the big stuff going on. We don't really know what's going to go on on that walkout. Uh, like, there's a lot of stuff. I'm sparing you a lot of details because it's, Pretty nitty gritty shit, but again, Kotaku covered this from tip to tail. So go check that out if you want to know any more of the details of the specific story. I will say also they did speak to a, a list of female employees that are working there now that say this is not the case. Um, there's not a bro culture. I've never experienced sexism, anything like that. You got to kind of sure. take that with a grain of salt too, because if they got caught on the record talking shit, like they're still working there, you know? Yeah. Well, it sounds to me like I mean just based on the fact of how much money they they bring in how big league of legends still is and will continue yeah. to be it's just a matter at this point of how well they handle the pr nightmare mm-hmm. i don't think anything really like groundbreaking or innovative is going to come from all of it i mean they're going to probably correct the people that they need to correct and say the things they need to say and they're just going to continue on it's just we caught a we caught a glimpse of the culture that's there Will it change? I mean, who really knows? If I had to probably. put money on it, probably not. Um, yeah, probably yeah. not. That's how those corporations work now. Right. Yeah, and you have an issue where I think for these type of really high-selling games that are very popular and still draw a large viewership on streaming platforms and things like that, if you don't get fan buy-in for what you're doing as a developer, if you're doing these walkouts, if you're seeing this program – if fans don't withdraw and stop playing a game or stop viewing a game, the culture doesn't change because ultimately they go, we're successful with what we have. Well, why would we change things? And at the, at the risk of generalizing a group of people, (laughs) which, uh, you know, shout out to uh, league of legend players. um, (laughs) Don't you think that's rooted into that culture already? Like what that sexism and yeah, like that's the argument. These are the same people that are, that are like, you know, review bombing Mortal Kombat 11 because yes. the certain character isn't got her tits out as much as she did yeah. in previous games. Like, I and, mean, and one of your biggest personalities that plays that game is that Tyler One guy that's just a fucking douchebag. Yeah, shout out just Tyler like one. one of the shout out to Tyler One. I, I think he kind of embodies that whole culture and then kind of eggs some of that shit on. Yeah. So unfortunately, I don't think much will come of it. Um, I oh. hope something does. I mean, those are changes that that. Like wholeheartedly, I mean, I I believe, and this is obviously my opinion. Everybody's entitled to their own, but these are changes that need to be made. Sure, within those institutions, I mean, you have to foster like a workplace that has an environment of diversity and inclusion. 
You have yeah, to. Any workplace. Even, even if you Everywhere. don't agree with that, if you're the yeah. type of sick, demented fuck that doesn't agree with that mindset, you still, if you're running a company, you have to foster that type of well, environment. You have to for it's several important. For one, well, it's not just important culturally and like morally correct to not discriminate based on race and nonsense like that and gender, but like you have to legally. Like there's, you can't discriminate that against that for, um, for civil reasons, but also like to see COOs and CEO, like they have a fiduciary responsibility to get the, <laughs> the most, the most douche, uh, no, um, <laughs> make the most money. So it would be illegal on that end. If you was like, well, we're not hiring her. She's a woman. You know what I'm saying? If she could make more money, that's illegal for you. You can't do that. Cause you're fucking the stock, the shareholders. Like it's illegal on several levels before you get to the morality of it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And so let's be honest, that's, you're fucking yourself out of a, either because well, and that's honestly that's one of the reasons again i speak for myself why i the anecdotal stuff i take with a grain of salt you know because it's one of those i don't know man i i tend to believe this is a very very capitalistic country where we see money you know what i'm saying and it's hard for me to believe a lot of times that people will discriminate based on stupid shit when it when you could lose you'd lose money you know what i'm saying when it's like well i've got a, a man and a woman here and the man's less qualified but i hate to have women around you know and it costs you money yeah. in the long run from from skill yeah. and all that so I, I i hate to believe that that's the case but the the allegation is that is the case and i don't know no nobody's been charged with anything legally yet so you know have allegedly allegedly that's that's kind of an overview of it again I, I won't i won't harp on it too much i got a whole lot of shit here i won't like i said i won't bore you but definitely go check it out if you're interested in some of the more some of the the smaller details kotaku's covered a bunch on it so I mean, they had another yeah, one. Done a good job. Yeah, we're on in September after Riot responded, and it's the title of the article is "Riot Game says it wants to clean up its mess, but the people who made it are still there." And this is when they go into a little bit more in depth of Scott Gelb getting two months for flicking uh, subordinates in the balls. That is <laughs> yeah, crazy. The old nut tap game. The old nut tap. Classic. Gotta be on your got to be on your toes at all times, boys. Right. But that's I'll I'll, I'll spare you the rest of it. Suffice it to say. Uh, the, the main point is there's a walkout on the six. If this stuff doesn't get done, there's precedence for tech companies caving to this kind of pressure recently. So we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. It may be a big bluff, like I said, because there's no hard figures or even decent guesses as to how many people are actually going to participate. So we'll keep you updated yeah. next week on yeah. what's in the box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of people caving under pressure, Brooks, I saw that uh, they're going to redesign the Sonic cgi model yeah tell us a little bit about oh, the sonic no trailer Ooh. yeah they are they they cause so much shit over it if you want Holy the shit. like too long don't read version of this i'll give it to you right at the beginning um first of all wow. fuck you paramount and <laughs> second of all and this will kind of uh segue into the uh the longer version are we this dumb <laughs> and i think that's the question that poses because Really, if you get to the heart, who the fuck wants a Sonic the Hedgehog movie? Like, quit feeding yeah. it that you think we are going to go watch just based off fucking nostalgia. Nobody yeah. gives a shit about the fucking inner workings of the relationship of Sonic the Hedgehog with Dr. Robotnik. And they especially don't give a fuck when you cast Dr. Robotnik as Jim 
goddamn Carrie, and then you have an abomination of a CGI Sonic <laughs> that looks like a mix between a prepubescent fucking teenager and a goddamn blue hedgehog. Get the fuck his, out of here. His legs really bother me, and his his human <laughs> teeth his human teeth are horrifying. His eyes are what terrible. Are he looks. His hands are meaty. There's just, something. Just, just, just fuck off. Jesus. To me, he looks like oh. um, he looks like Richard <laughs> Simmons at like a okay. furry convention. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. And he's gone Super Saiyan three. And it's yeah. and it's just so and it's and it's so bad. And the trailer's so bad because you can obviously tell that the the somewhat comical points of the trailer. Yeah. Which I mean, like, like what? What are we looking at here? Like, and Sonic, like, it's he's in the shed, and somebody busts in on him, and he's like, meow, like I'm a cat. Yeah. Like, okay, come on. Like, one, it sucks because you know that's a high point of the movie. Two, yes. it sucks because that's they've already shown point. it to yeah. you. So why the fuck are you gonna go watch it? And let's three, let's be honest. You know, every single one of you that's listening knows that that's a high point of that fucking movie. Uh-huh. It's it's garbage, and they're prying our mouths open, and they're just shoveling it down our mouths, and there's no point in it. Like I, 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 I feel really bad. Days and days about yeah. how bad this shit is. I feel mm-hmm. bad for James Marsden, the guy that played Cyclops in X Men, just because he he seems okay in the trailer, like his his yeah. lines and stuff. They didn't bother me. Yeah, well, he, the bar's real high. Yes, exactly. In this trailer, he he looks like Meryl Streep, basically. He's he's, he's just uh, hitting it. He's firing on all cylinders. I think his little line at the end about the child in the bag is okay. Well, yeah. I think that's. And I agree with Brooks. That those are the best parts in the movie. Like that got a chuckle that's out the best of part, me. Yeah, but like, yeah. But at that point, yeah, like that's probably the best spot in the movie. I hope it's not. I hope it's mm-hmm. not, but I also think you, we're going to see a lot of the like the cool shit that Sonic could do. We've seen it. We've seen the Flash show and that kind of stuff where he freezes time and moves the yeah. missiles around. And like I don't know, man. It's it's not. There's not yeah. like, that part of it. The superpower part of it's not going to be anything revolutionary. Uh, mm-hmm. It's going to be more nostalgia no. mining. And, and when was the last good Sonic game? Probably during Sega Genesis. No, absolutely not. They, they. Sorry, I don't mean to be. Has dead. Sonic ever been good? Jeez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it, it was really good in the, in the Sega Genesis days. There's recently been a Switch re release, and it came out on Xbox. Um, and I cannot think of the name of it. But what's really cool about it is that that it's a bunch of fans, and so they're fan created levels, um, fan created oh, cool. design, and it's toted right now as being one of the best Sonic games that's ever been out. Um, because it's very innovative in that it brings a lot of um, typical Sonic is is straight across the 2D platforming. This one, there are a lot of points that like send you back through different parts of the same map, and it's it, it was re- done really well, um, but it was also needed as in like we needed a good new Sonic game because we botched a lot of the last you know generation. Like I think there's you know trying to go that 3D route with Sonic just wasn't there. Didn't work. Yeah, yeah, it didn't work. But but Never here 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 boys here let me tell you is is the direct difference in that is that that Sonic game was good because we needed it and this is terrible because we fucking don't fucking need it <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> now and and let me I'm being very very harsh so let me uh, uh, you know rewind a little bit here and say that if I doubt there are anybody that's working on this game or this movie that uh, 
is listening to this podcast, but if they were, let's pretend they are. I'm sure that these writers and people that might have a love for Sonic that are that are part of this uh, production cast uh, probably heard the idea and instantly thought, well, this is going to be a fucking nightmare, uh, but I sure do love the money that I make at my job, so I'm going to comply. Because I don't think anybody that's on this team is like really gung-ho about, let's fucking make Sonic the Hedgehog the movie. So, you know... <laughs> Props to them for like maybe trying the best that they can, but it's it's a failed endeavor from the start. It looks terrible. Yeah, uh, and you I, can you can tell that even in the casting because Ben Schwartz, the guy who played Jean Ralphio in Parks and Rec, is so- the voice of Sonic, and so he hasn't really had many big screen roles, right? Yeah. So for him, it's like oh, it's a big screen role. James Marsden hasn't had a, a really prominent role on the big screen in a while. He's great in um, uh, Westworld. Uh, Jim Carrey, same thing. Lost a bit. (laughs) Lost a bit. I don't know. I hope that's what it is. But he he really hasn't been in anything in a while. And I I think that even his casting is a little. Yeah, and they try to weave that shit in in the trailer, bringing this dude, Dr. Robotnik, to study this. They lean heavy on him. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, yeah, that's fucking stupid. It's all fucking stupid, though. I have an unpopular opinion. I thought Jim Carrey. Oh, God, what? Well, hey, fuck off. I think <laughs> God. I I thought Jim Carrey's deal and it looked at least interesting. I thought it sure. looked it was yeah. silly, but it was silly like a bad movie looks interesting. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I don't know. It looked it looked interesting enough for me. It looks like something little kids would enjoy, and ultimately, it okay. might do okay yes. based solely on that. It's something you could watch with your child or your Fair nieces enough. and nephews, and so you know, and maybe that's ultimately what it goes for. Yeah, we're not the target demographic. Yeah, it goes to introduce a new generation to Sonic and Bullshit. tries to piggyback off that with new games. You really just put that in perspective for me. I'm an old man sitting in my underwear on my screaming at fucking kids to get off my lawn. Drinking <laughs> good whiskey. Drinking good whiskey, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> just one testicle hanging out when you were when you were seven you drank shitty whiskey, but now it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's not made in a bathtub. You actually bought it at a store. Yeah, um, yeah. What a mess. Uh, let's let's keep moving. Let's do it. Kyle, tell me about the Game Pass because I saw I saw a couple of good ones on there, but I didn't I didn't spend too much time looking at it. Did you check that out very much? New games on the Game Pass. Yeah, we have eight of them. Ooh. Shit. First one on the list is Wolfenstein Two. Fuck yeah! I haven't played this, and I really want to. Is there co-op on that? I am not sure. I I've never been don't think so. a big Wolfenstein fan, but uh, I imagine it'd be pretty good. So. New Order was Sick Titties. I just played it recently because it's also on Game Pass, and yes. I'm pretty excited to play too. I thought it was really good. Out of all of them, it's probably the best one to, yeah. to start with. Um, next up, we've got Wargroove, and then there's also For the King. They're kind of the same game, turn-based, Final Fantasy-esque. I'd probably okay. stick with Final Fantasy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I've never yeah. played any of those games. <laughs> I've heard good things about Wargroove. I, I haven't watched much or looked at it, but that's cool. That's cool. That's pretty recent. Yeah, that's one I've seen off and on, but I never got into oh, it. Really? That looked interesting. Yeah. We've got Surviving Mars. That looked pretty cool. Look kind of like, you know, uh, they said it's from the guys that did like Tropico and all that. But uh, oh, hell it yeah. actually seemed really interesting to me. I kind of watched a gameplay video of like 20 minutes, but it seemed really cool. I, for me, I, that's probably the one I would try out of all of them first. But yeah, 
And I'll, okay, so let me go back. Wolfenstein's May 2nd, Wargroove's May 2nd, and that surviving, excuse me, surviving Mars is May 9th. And the next on May 9th is Tacoma. Okay. Which is interesting too, but it seemed it could seem like it could probably be a dull game. Not That's a, a story based game, isn't it? Like an indie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like yeah. very story based, like hardly any action. You're probably around the ship, like figuring out about all these characters that were trapped there's, on it. There's a market for that though, man. There's a shitload of people oh, on yeah. YouTube and shit like that that just play those story based games and make a fucking killing. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean the story seemed really in depth from the sound of it. Uh, and those games are also good changes of pace when you oh, kind of no, hit exactly. a wall in your other yeah, games, so. too. Yeah. No, not downplaying it. It actually seemed pretty interesting. I can't. I haven't got into a lot of the story-based games, but that's because I don't have the attention span. I need to hack something up. Yes. Well, some that, of the Telltale games are like uh, The Wolf Among Us, if anybody's familiar with that, awesome. which it takes. Yeah, mm-hmm. it takes like uh, it takes the fairy tale um, world and like throws into this noir setting where you're in this city and and uh, you're a detective and and so okay play it it's it's fantastic i recently played the first episode of the game of thrones telltale and i was i think on an in an xbox live party with uh josh the whole time i played it and <laughs> it's fucking fantastic i loved it i was super pissed because there's some glitch and it's no longer available on xbox live so josh has purchased all the dlc and we game share and i couldn't get the dlc but anyways um you know they they are they're a super great champion yeah, they're a great change of pace, though, because you get so caught up in this idea of like playing all these competitive games. And we went through that mm-hmm. last night. Josh and I were on, and I mean, we we went through the myriad of Apex. We played like and, 800 games. And yeah, didn't have a good time on any of them. Yeah. yeah, and we just finally got Data to the point where it's where it's like you know, like I've said before, a lot of the reason I play Xbox Live is to party up with you guys that I don't get to see on a daily basis because we live in different cities and and mm-hmm. just get the bullshit. And so me and Josh were, or Josh and I, I should say, were able to. Uh, you know, hang out, party up, and play different games, and the, those are good games to fill that void with. Yeah. Now we'll say, Hunter, on yours, I think I heard this was it was like four hours, something like that, of gameplay. So I think you could nice. probably make it through this and pretty good. <laughs> Which one? I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. The Tacoma. Oh, okay. Okay, so I, you. Oh, okay. For my ADD, you're saying I could I could focus that yeah. one. <laughs> I appreciate the I appreciate your your optimism Root for me. <laughs> real, real vote of confidence for you there. I know, right? I don't know. May, maybe you can focus for four hours. Maybe I didn't yeah. say that for a man <laughs> who just mouth. beat the main story of a game that shall not be named, which probably lasted fifty hours or so. Oh, yeah, please don't. I can't. <laughs> oh, Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> Damn it! <sighs> the Dementors uh, are gonna get you. Shoot. <laughs> But anyway, uh, next on the list is uh, Black Desert, May 9th. We should all hop into that one. Yeah, I played it. I, that yeah, super interesting. Like a cool MMO, you know, kind of like Neverwinter and all that. But uh, it, was, it was funny that yeah. the video I came across on it, the guy had like three chick characters, and he's, I chose these characters because of the personality, and he zoomed in on the tits. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> There's the culture. Hold on. Can we pause yeah. for a second? Because I just want to point out that. Uh, when we were talking about that MMO, Kyle did not talk about World of Warcraft or uh, anything like that. He he reached real deep to Neverwinter Nights. <laughs> that's real deep. I didn't mean that. That's the, I mean, one of the only few I've played. I think that should lend to your credibility. I think it lends to his credibility. It's not negative. Well, this is an Xbox oh, podcast, okay. and Neverwinter's on Xbox. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I was. Oh, okay. I got you, Kyle. 
I'm here. Yeah. I'm here, baby. I'll back down. Free off. Many things, but a poser <laughs> he is not, sir. How dare you? Mm-mm-mm. Assassin's Creed. <laughs> That's going to be God. my insult now. <laughs> Good luck walking to the pisser. Yeah, no shit. You guys are going to drunk. Oh, hell. But anyway, okay, next on the list, May 10th, we have For the King. Oh, I mentioned that one earlier. It's like Wargroove. Uh, May 16th, there's The Surge. This one seemed pretty I've played it. I've played it. Heck, it's good. What, what did you think of it? It's very, um, it's it's kind of a Dark Souls clone. And I, I don't mean that as in the sense of, like, I know a lot of reviews mm-hmm. have been like, oh, this is the Dark Souls of sports games. Ah, oh, this is the Dark Souls of racing games. Like, it is taken the idea of Dark Souls, which is the precise time attacks, mm-hmm. you know, parries, uh, dodges, jumps, movement, stuff like that, and put you in this place where uh, you are moving through a bunch of different facilities where you're fighting like, robots. Yes. And you can actually, like, uh, a really cool mechanic is take off p- different parts of the robots based on ways that you attack and then use them to upgrade your weapons and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's definitely worth it, especially for being on game pass. And if you're into that type of, uh, yeah, that's, you know, punishment, but very rewarding, um, outcome when you do succeed, you should check it out. It's, it's very good. Yeah. It seems cool. And that's what I was going to mention that, uh, it's selective attack where you could hit certain parts. So you wouldn't damage what you need. And uh, that seemed really yeah. cool. Yeah, it's a good feature. It's a it's a big feature of the game. It seemed like wow. to find out about the story, you had to do like a ton of like exploration, like hours worth. So that seemed kind of meh. But well, it's it, it's one of those games where, like I said, you know, again, it borrows from Dark Souls, where you'll go through one area and you may not be able to really explore it fully because you're not strong enough. But you know, you can get through it, unlock a shortcut back. And you know, bypass it, and it, it, it's exploration, but you're rewarded with all this stuff because you you get upgrades as you go through. Mm. So it may take you a while to get to the actual point that you're getting to, but you've gained a lot through that. So the journey's you know not there for nothing. It's it's okay. very rewarding. But you tell me it's all about the journey and not the destination. Is that what you just said to me? <laughs> yeah. Life advice from Brooks. New segment on the show. Mm-mm. Life advice from Brooks. It's not about the end result it's about the journey shot number four you get life advice that's right (laughs) (laughs) well last on the list we have lego batman 3 who wouldn't oh yeah nice forget everything else download that one yeah (laughs) yeah always solid games i played a lot of those oh yeah i agree they're fun absolutely fuck around games yeah the the uh star wars um, Saga is really good. The Harry Potter is really good. Yeah, I've only played the Star Wars. I played a little of like the Pirates of the Caribbean one. But... I played some of the Jurassic Park ones. They're they're hoot. They're fun. Oh yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. They're silly little games, but they're, mm-hmm. they're still fun. They're made definitely for good for kids. But I still enjoy yeah. Them. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Don't judge me. Speaking of games for eight year olds, this week they had a live stream of gameplay for Borderlands Three. Oh yeah, baby, yeah. and it is rated M for sure. <laughs> yeah, it brought up the eight-year-old and me. Um, and this looked great. Um, it looks like they're they're really fine-tuning the Borderlands formula. And I, I Brooks, you watched this as well. Yeah. Um, but what what, what kind of appealed to you on it? Yeah. Well, um, like Josh said, Gearbox had their live stream event, um, which was the first, which was yesterday, or two days ago 
by the time you're listening to the podcast. Um, but anyways, uh, they've they've really taken the Borderlands formula and fine tuned it, which is super awesome. Um, I I've got a laundry list of things that they've done that's really cool. But one of the first ones I want to jump into is uh, loot instancing, which is fantastic. Uh, you can jump in and let's say job level twenty five and I'm level five. Uh, the loot that drops it drops for everyone that's in the instance and it's leveled to your character. Uh, the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's wild. So it's going to be the same two for me will drop for you, but mine will be level 5, yours will be level 25. Um, and the character wow. scales down, the combat scales that way as well. So the enemies I'm fighting level 25, the ones that you're fighting are fi- or the ones I'm fighting, you know, anyways, you get you get what I'm saying. No way. They do um, the enemies too? Yeah, but what, what it does is it just scales the damage back. Ugh. So I'm going to be doing, you know, the equivocal amount of damage. So what they're trying to do is show you that it doesn't matter um, if I've played a bunch and you haven't played a whole lot, we can still jump in together and have a good time and it's going to be the same scale. So there's no real need for it to be a game about grinding. What you're telling me is for cheap bastards like me, you can wait for it to be on sale and still play it with yep. your buddies that got it on release and not miss a beat, really, as far as combat, nice. that kind of shit. Everybody's Absolutely. still enjoying it, and nobody, they don't, your buddies don't have to come back to your, <clears throat> to your bullshit level and be real bored, and you don't have to be correct. heart crushed. That sucks. That's how I always leveled up in some of that. Oh, well, Kyle, I'm glad <laughs> that you said that. I was a cheap. I'm glad yeah. that, you Bastard. Heard, <laughs> that your cheap ass cheat. said that. Was because... For mm-hmm. those those of you out there that want to bring in level twenty five Brooks or Josh uh, to level five your game and level up off that XP boost and us just trashing shit, there is a classic mode. And so in classic mode, nothing is oh, yeah. like it does. So the instancing, loot instancing, enemy instancing—that's all a new feature that you can be turned off. Wow, that's some hella yeah. programming. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And 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 another thing is you're getting all of this innovation all of this just sheer badassery bundled up with uh no microtransactions well that's kind of weird he said no microtransactions and then later yeah they said skins Uh, so there are skins but there are no loot boxes there are no weapons nothing like that kind of shit which is fine yeah Yeah. miss miss me with your skins i'm not buying your skins that's cool Mm -hmm. right like throw it out there if people want to support it and do it that's that's awesome i mean i don't think that's that's something that's going to hinder any type of gameplay whatsoever if you want to try to reel in extra money do it but you're not like tricking me into and not tricking but you're not forcing me into giving you extra money to enjoy your game mm-hmm. that's how yeah. um was it monster hunter that did that like you could there's still microtransactions mm-hmm. but it's all cosmetic shit again we got to have a whole co- a whole pod a whole episode just on microtransaction but that shit doesn't bother me as long as it's just cosmetic bullshit Fine, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give you money for that shit. But that so that doesn't bother me. I, that doesn't offend mm. my sensibilities. Okay. You know, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, um, sons of bitches. Yeah, they they are. I we need to just start mailing them flaming bags of dog shit. We might as well start it now. <laughs> you heard it here first. Everybody, go out and mail EA flaming bags of dog shit. Um, Don't do I, that well, at all. That is not. That is not the official <laughs> stance of the What's in the Box podcast. Oh, is it not? Here comes no, another lawsuit. That is incitement, and do not do that. <laughs> well, you know, I thought says it's in the game. <laughs> I thought we might as well just you know go for as many lawsuits. 
can't. Um, but anyways, like I said, I've got a, a list of changes here. And I'm going to rattle them off and I'm going to kind of touch on some of them. You guys feel free to interrupt at any point and add what you want. Um, one thing that looked really Excuse cool. Excuse me. About the- yeah, go ahead. I was about to do that. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I'm pardon pardon me. A bunch of assholes we are. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> one thing that jumped out to me right off the bat uh, was just the, you know, obviously as the hardware improves, the graphical improvement. So it looked really good. Still that shades, shell shaded um, environment, but it just looked really crisp, really nice. Um, but as we got into the gameplay, the verticality I thought was improved. Um, so, you know, you got mm-hmm. some zip, zip line aspects and you see like, you know, the, the, uh, what are they called now, Josh? Cause they're not called midgets. They're called. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was the big thing I noticed. They're not like shotgun midgets anymore. Oh, like, they're, shotgun they're shrinkies. I believe they're shotgun shrinkies. They're shotgun. <laughs> little fellas. Tinks. Tinks. <laughs> which tinks. I think yeah. may be more offensive. <laughs> it's, but, uh, <laughs> It's not power offensive. bottoms. In yeah. yeah, you have yeah. shotgun tinks and shotgun power bottoms. It's not, not better at all. But in, anyway, two uh, tinks out there, um, and power bottoms. Shout out, shout, shout out, shout out but to power bottoms. Like you know, you're 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 running into combat. Hey, Jacob. And uh, one thing that's <laughs> one thing that's cool is like you know the guys slide crap into like cover and which is really cool because you know you're crouching and you have respect which has always been a big uh, bummer for me uh josh and i have been playing some borderlands 2 recently um just you know in anticipation for 3 coming out and it's just you, you it kind of feels sluggish and i think that um adding that in is going to be really big but as you slide in the cover you see this uh shotgun tank just coming across the <laughs> zip line and you know there are other parts in the gameplay where you know you're you're jumping up little you know stacks of tires and boxes to get above enemies um that that hasn't been there before so that's I yeah think you can vault awesome. and you can slide so it's, um, it's uh, i watched one guy that was playing it and he said it felt a lot like apex in its movement and mantle ooh, that's what and all that that's kind of stuff. yeah uh, it definitely feels faster and i think yeah that's, which is that's the only thing huge. that's really been mm. a problem for borderlands excuse me the no um the loot's always been good. The bosses have always been fun and mm-hmm. interesting. And the only thing that was ever lacking was kind of the shooting mechanics were a little kind of generic. And then the movement was kind of yeah uh, limiting. Well, and that's and they fixed too. that shit. Like, they you fixed said, all of that. You said bosses. Um, I'll, you know, I'll just jump yeah. to these points if you bring them up. But uh, they're adding more boss fights. Cool. Um, yeah. And they talked about it, you know, as the voiceover was going, they were talking about how they feel like boss fights are huge because it tests the character skill and you get really badass loot. It's very rewarding. And so they felt like they needed to add more of those. Um, and within that, if you're fighting a boss, one thing that's really cool, they fight this guy that's like, uh, he's got a shield, this is a synthesizer, and there's speakers all around and stuff. And he's shooting this like pistol that uh, is shooting out these like sound waves and stuff. You kill him, and that's the gun, one of the guns he drops. Is so you're fighting these bosses that are or have these awesome weapons, and then you kill them, and you get that weapon to take to the next boss that you fight. And I think that's pretty. Uh, that's going to be a pretty cool feature. Um, but they also, you know, as you slide into that cover, and the tinks zipping by him, all tink like, uh, he pops up and starts to shoot at the other guys, and he's hitting the cover that they're in front of, and they've added degrading cover to the game. 
um, which I think is really awesome. Nice. You get a little bit of that, yeah. you know, elemental damage or not elemental, but uh, you know, damage to structures. Environmental, uh, yeah, yeah, environmental damage that a lot of people like, and um, it looks really good. Um, yeah. While we're while we're talking about like the shooting, I'm just gonna hop in real quick. The um, oh, the bulk of the weapons have alternate firing modes, kind of like Unreal Tournament. So every gun is almost essentially two guns. Um, yeah, that was yeah. And they they showed some really cool That's stuff. Awesome. And so they they showed the gun with legs, and you could kind of keep throwing the weapon repeatedly, and the gun would chase people and shoot at them. And then they showed a gun that you could throw, and it would bounce. And had this kind of field around it until it hit somebody, and then it would explode. And those are the uh, you guys. If if anybody that's um, listening, and I know Kyle, you, Josh, the TDOR guns, uh, which yes. is one yes. of the brands of weapons. Those are the ones in the first couple games that when you reload, you throw them and they explode. So instead of just making mm-hmm. them a grenade, they added those features in, and it's really fucking cool. Uh, yes. to the, the gun with legs. I mean, he reloads uh, it and he throws funny. it, and it plops down. It gets its little legs, and it's so goddamn adorable. It's just like scooting around the map, and it doesn't like explode like a gun grain would. It shoots enemies, and I think one time he throws it, and it kills like two little ads during a boss yeah. fight. And then I started noticing as he as he's playing with this gun, he's not even shooting the enemies a lot of times. He'll fire one or two shots, reload, and just keep throwing them on the ground because yes. it adds this whole dynamic not only to those guns, but to the play style with those guns um, that opens up a whole other way to play because like Josh had one of them was a grenade with an orb around it. The other one uh, that they showcased uh, when it hits these missiles pop out and they're homing missiles. And so whatever you throw it at, they then circle back around and hit it. And so um, there's just a lot of versatility. Yeah. And they all seem designed not only to add to the chaos and, and do cool shit, but they also seem to be, advantageous for solo players because borderlands 2 i mean you hit a point in in that game where it's pretty tough to play it solo and oh yeah yeah um, absolutely and and it it seems like this game is going to forge you enough options that you can get around some of those challenges with really wacky weapon mechanics and that that was going to be one of my questions do they kind of have like matchmaking stuff for like some of these boss fights because i know like yeah borderlands 2 yeah, I'd get to some of those boss fights, and you know, I had no way to you know play the boss with. I never defeated him. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they will. I didn't. I don't think they really showcased that, or I didn't mm-hmm. notice it. If they did, they, didn't. they they have said that they're going to do cross platform support and stuff. So that makes me think that there will probably be some margin of that. That'd be um, good. I might be jumping the gun here, but one thing I think is kind of interesting: um, the game is playable offline. It's playable split screen. Um, it's set up in like a 30 hour campaign and then they'll do additional DLC and stuff. So if this is not like a game oh, wow. of service, like destiny two or rainbow six, where it's like constantly feeding you yeah. content where you're going to have to keep playing it indefinitely. If you mm-hmm. want to, you, you know, you want to stay up to date with it. And so uh, I'm kind of curious how you guys feel about that as, as a game that's coming out and, and is seen as a competitor to destiny two division two. Um, do you think that's a good model for them to use is to go back to their original model and, and just treat it as a, as a finished product upon release? I think it's good. Uh, it depends on who your who your audience yeah. is. If it's, if it's guys like us, that's how games used to be. It's not going to offend us too bad. If you mm-hmm. sell us a game and that's the end of the game, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, that's what, that's what it used to be. You used to, you used to spend $60 knowing you're going to get 15 out of it, 15 hours out of mm-hmm. it. If there's any replayability, that was a bonus. 
So, you know, it depends on who, who's your target audience. If it's guys that are 25 to 35, you'll be fine. If you're looking for people that are 15, I don't know if that's going to go over so well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I'm, I'm like glad in a way that there won't be a game that's competing for my attention indefinitely mm-hmm. that I can spend a month or something oh, yeah. on a game and then revisit it when DLC comes out or whatever. But um, it'll stay fresh. Honestly, it'll stay fresh. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think that's for us, true. for our group, because yeah. we, we tend to play a lot of different stuff. Yeah. I do think that, I think this is, this is honestly a really good thing for every game we mentioned. Cause I think, because, you know, people will play that hot and heavy for a month or so, and then they're going to go back to destiny two. They're going to go back to division two. They're going to go back to these loot games that, really require you to be dedicated to it on a regular basis. Um, and people will be glad for the break and will support Borderlands. And at the same time, Destiny's still going to have a player base. Division's still going to have a player base. Um, That's true. I don't know yeah. about I Division. Cool. Maybe nah, not that Division at that point. It probably depends <laughs> on how they do their in-game no, stuff, which is <laughs> letting release their raids and stuff. I, I mean, they have an in-game built in now, but... I know a man um, who disagree disagree with you on the decision. We'll have yeah, a it. There's plenty of them out there. Shout there's out. Out there. <laughs> um, another couple. Another thing that uh, stuck out to me real quick is the. Uh, I'll knock three of these little uh, things on my notes here off, but uh, there was uh, is Sanctuary Three, uh, yeah. and they said during the uh, event we don't want to talk about Sanctuary Two. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. But. Yeah. but We've all got those things in our life that we just don't want to talk about. Everybody uh, Sanctuary, gets 3, Sanctuary 3 is not one of them. So, Josh, you want to talk a little bit about Sanctuary 3? Yeah, so Sanctuary is the, the hub um, and borderlands that you would go to and you'd um, visit vendors and buy different things and get guns and all that kind of stuff. Um, and Sanctuary 3 and Borderlands 3 um, hmm, is a space station. And so this is your hub world again, where you'll be with your buddies and you'll go and uh, get your loot in order and talk to NPCs and all that kind of stuff. Get quests. It's the, it's the tower. Mm-hmm. It's the tower. It's Destiny's essentially the tower. tower in Destiny. Yeah, absolutely. And and the cool thing in this game is there now you're going to different planets, and so you start at Pandora and then they went to uh, Promethea. Is that right, Brooks? Yeah, I believe planet. Promethea, and it's understood by um, what's the corporation from the second game? Uh, yeah, I'm never Hi- going to remember. Hyperion, T- yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I think they're under siege by Hyperion. But anyways, okay. yeah, you you go to the Promethean next. Yeah, so when you're on Pandora, the the level design looks very much like you've you've come to know and appreciate in Borderlands, where it's very Mad Max and deserty and um, in this kind of dilapidated state. And then you go to Promethea, the second planet. And it's very urban, it's modern, very techno, noir kind of vibe. And um, I think I'm really excited to see that. Because that, that was always kind of a, a deal with Borderlands. You'd have different like weather effects and stuff um, on Pandora. But largely the areas were kind of um, samey. And, and, and mm-hmm. to open it up and go to multiple planets and to see what they can really do with level design will be a lot of fun. Um yeah, especially if you get like, uh, hopefully there's like um, a planet like in pre sequel because I I didn't care for pre sequel much, but one of the coolest things about it was when you're on the moon and you had that gravity effect, <laughs> that low gravity yeah. effect, was so great. So if they can throw that into just maybe a couple of the planets too, I mean they they've opened themselves up to really do anything. Exactly. 
Yeah. Um, and so I, I think that's largely what this game's. You, I, I really think this game's borrowing a shit ton from Destiny as far as what it's changing. Um, which I think is good. I I think yeah. the things they're borrowing for, like the instance loot that's destined that's in Destiny. I mean, that's in a lot of games. It's in Diablo and shit too. But you know, that's you that's go. in Destiny. Let's credit it to Diablo. Okay, yeah. Sure. <laughs> you know, the the <laughs> hub in space going to different planets is very Destiny or uh, Warframe in that setup. Um, yeah, let's credit and, it to Warframe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I I think these are all smart design choices. And then what I like is. You know, we we've talked about um, these different games that maybe try to innovate too much, or you know, you mentioned this to me, Brooks, that the Call of Duty games—they're either trying to do, they're biting off way too much, or they're ripping off too many other games. You yeah. know, Black Ops Four—it's a hero shooter like Overwatch in many ways, and it's a, a battle royale game like PUBG with their blackout mode, and it's trying to do yeah. all these different things. It has a mode that's like Counter Strike, you know, it has all this shit, but it's lost a bit of its own identity. Absolutely, you know. it's it's honing a game uh, versus trying to innovate a game, and yeah. I think Borderlands is realized. And granted, they have far less out than Call of Duty does, so we'll yeah. we'll we'll give Call of Duty that. But they say this is what our player base likes. Here's how we improve that gameplay, and we'll keep it fresh by giving you different stories and opening things up like different worlds. Whereas Call of Duty's just trying to do all this shit where they're like, oh, well, you know, we'll throw in Blackout or we'll give you operators because that worked in Rainbow Six and we'll give you, you know, it's just, it's, it's not, it's shotgunning. Whereas, you know, Borderlands is, is, is honing the things that we want, the things that we like. And I think it's honestly going to be your next big game. I mean, I think yeah. it's going to, it's going to be big, like, holy shit, this is what games need to be. Mm-hmm. not what we're getting. This is how you make a good AAA title that's going to stand on its own five years until you have time to come up with something else. Yeah. We'll keep moving, though. I mean, this was a huge news week, and, and I wanted to touch real quick about uh, Rocket League. Getting, Tell me about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> Rocket League getting acquired, uh, I guess more accurately would be saying Psionics, the developer of Rocket League, got acquired by Epic Games. And, and Hunter, do you have any initial thoughts? I mean, you, you've been... Um, a very I, early adapter of Rocket League and stuff. Uh, yeah, Rocket League. Rocket League's fantastic. Um, I just, I don't know. From what I've read, this isn't gonna. If you're playing on Xbox, this isn't gonna affect you very much. Did anybody else get a terribly different vibe from that? No, I, I think you're absolutely right. It seems like it's it's the PC player base that's about to get fucked. Well, yeah, um, yeah. Well, on Steam, yeah. Potentially, yeah. If you're on Steam, it, it, or a or a Linux system, if you're using that as an operating system, Epic Games like never makes anything compatible with that. And if it moves to that right. storefront, then you're fucked there. Well, Epic came out and said we're continuing to sell it on Steam and haven't they haven't announced plans to stop selling it there. But it seems like this was a move to just get it exclusive to the Epic store, is what it seems yeah. like. I mean, Psionics and Epic have worked together a lot. Um, they worked together on uh, Unreal Tournament 4, uh, 04, excuse me, uh, Gears of War, Mass Effect 3. So, like, they've worked together real closely in the past a whole lot. Um, so, it's you know, it's it was kind of, it seemed kind of out of the blue, but it's not it's not a partnership that's out of the blue, if that makes sense. Right. You know, right. Um, for, for... And, and for one that seems list. rooted in, in mutual respect and... and... I think I don't think they'll change how it's monetized. I think they might add additional things 
on that you could buy in the store, but I don't think any of it's going to change the game. I think it might just right. change the in-game store a little bit or something because Fortnite has such a robust in-game store. Right. Um, and they're, they've been, you know, I almost hate to say smart about it, but I mean, it's a free-to-play game. They've been... They, you know, they're the ones that really pushed the season pass first and did those kind of things that made microtransactions less queasy and a little more rewarding and things that fed back into gameplay uh, and then and have kept it all cosmetic. So I I, I, I think anything that gives Sionics more resources and uh, more support, I, I, I think it could be really good. I, you know, I hope. I, I don't like exclusivity. That shit drives me crazy. Um, mm-hmm. But beyond that, I, I think... Um, it doesn't bother me too much at this point. <laughs> I'm excited about it. I can't imagine I'll change the gameplay um, at all. Uh, it hasn't. There hasn't been any indications on anything that's come out so far that says they have any any, any intentions on changing gameplay or changing anything at this point. They'd be uh, idiots if they did. Yeah, they'd be they'd be they'd be absolutely retarded because it's a oh, it's yeah. a it's an amazing game. And right now, it doesn't look like at least for Xbox players that, and I, I presumably PS. Uh, PS4 players that anything's going to change on on our end. So uh, rest assured, Rocket League fans. So far, we'll keep you updated. I'm sure that mm-hmm. I'm sure that hits on that will keep coming in. You know, we've talked about the chatting getting us in trouble and stuff, and, and Rocket <laughs> League. I wanted to talk real quick because we we did a whole section on it last week, and we uh, just today Microsoft released uh, guidelines for uh, trash talking on Xbox Live. Oh, Lord. (laughs) They gave some examples of um, appropriate and acceptable trash talk. I'm going to read a couple of these and see how they treat you. I'm probably going to have to change my voice here (laughs) because I I feel like this is a very certain type of person that says these things. So, um, Get destroyed. Can't believe you thought you were on my level. That was some (laughs) serious potato (laughs) aim. Get wrecked. (laughs) <laughs> only reason you went positive was you spent all game camping try again kid yeah. cheap win <laughs> come at me when you can actually drive without running cars off the road that sucked to get good and come back when your KD's over one okay. <laughs> these, these are the uh, uh, I saw um I think uh, Kotaku called it a, uh, it had a 90s educational instructional uh, video. That's perfect. Was, was <laughs> the app description. But then they gave examples of things you shouldn't do. This is my These favorite. So funny. Yes, like one was uh, get, insert sexual threat. Yeah. can't believe you thought you were on my level. So instead of just saying get fucked, it's get sexual threat. Uh, and then the next one is, hey, profanity, that was some serious potato aim. Get wrecked. Potato. <laughs> and then the most extreme one, I'll just skip to that, was cheap win, totally unexpected from a Racial slur. I <laughs> 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 played it against the voice you're emulating. Uh, words, yeah, profanity and whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is the same person that says "f you" over and over again. <laughs> uh, or, or "fuck you, man." Yeah, right. it's, yeah. it's that's so the golden child in offensive. the eyes. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Well, I just I'm glad they answered our questions. They obviously listened to last week's episode and were like, "Ah, fuck. We should give the boys at a mm-hmm. what's in the box a." a, a 
some guy yeah. online. So, let's find the hack. Thanks, Mike. Rally yeah. troops. Yeah. Time to get uh, Christian with our, our sling. Those, those fucking racial slurs. To, to wrap up our show today, we're going to review the Sea of Thieves anniversary update, which comes, I think, really probably 13 months after the game initially launched. Yeah. Um, and so this was an effort to really make it a fully realized game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they added a story oh, I mode. I realized it. Efforts. Yeah, we Brooks has been <laughs> waiting for this game like he yep. <laughs> uh, has been waiting for his dad to return after he said he was going to go out and get some jewel pods. <laughs> I'm still looking for those fucking jewel <laughs> pods. Yeah. My dad smoked three percent mango, man. You can't find it anywhere. <laughs> We're in any of the quick trips anymore, let alone a Seven Eleven. <laughs> He's coming back, buddy. Don't you worry. Yeah, no. Yes. Sea of Thieves is is a fully realized game in that uh, I've fully realized that it's a giant hunk of shit. Good giant try, hunk of shit. Good try. You missed the mark. Give us something yeah. else. I remember like playing it in the alpha. I signed up for that insider program, which ultimately broke my Xbox because <laughs> it would push those early updates and it like yeah. fucked my original Xbox. That but, wasn't uh, a fucking omen. Yeah, but I, when I played the alpha of it. You know, it was so open, and the fact that you had to rely on a crew to control the ship and all the basic parts of the game, I was like, man, there's a lot of potential here. This could be really cool. I mean, you didn't have much to do at that time. It was just you had a map, you'd find treasure, you'd take it back. And then the yeah. game released, and that's all you still did. Still it. And I was like, what yeah. the fuck? And then, and then I get kind of excited again because it's still in the back of my mind, I think, there's a lot of potential with that game because there, there's a lot of things the game does well. The mm-hmm. weather is amazing. The water looks great. The oh, yeah. controlling the ship is cool. Um, the emergent moments where you're trying to do something and then an enemy ship comes on the horizon, you know, all that kind of stuff adds some really uh, cool tension and, and, and great atmosphere to the games. So there's a lot of stuff in it that, that is cool. But you better fucking you better fucking love how awesome that water looks. Yes, yeah. <laughs> gonna be fucking staring at it for about ninety percent of the time. Yeah, I'm wondering yeah. what the fuck am I doing? And so the the story mode came out, and this is called Tall Tales, and it it, it has cinematics, it has different quests, and and you do different things. There's some advanced puzzles and stuff in it, and some boss fights, but it's largely find the treasure, take it back. <laughs> Check in with the guy. It's still fetch quests most of the time. Right. It hasn't really changed the game mechanics Ugh. a whole lot. And then uh, we played Arena last night. Mm-hmm. Um, all of us hopped in on that. What did you guys think of it? Yeah, it oh. felt like uh, find the tr- and uh, bring it back. It was yeah. Miserable. I was. I would. How many times were? Well, for one, when you die after about three minutes, we all got separated, and I don't know that we were all on the same ship again ag- at all. You'd be sitting there loading a cannon, aiming at this ship, and then you just die. Turns out somebody from that ship put himself in the cannon and has launched himself onto your deck. People have already figured out how to do this so effectively. You can't see them doing it, and they can drop themselves on your deck from God knows where. And you just die, and then now your team's scattered to the winds. You know, it, it's, it was a bit of a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. I, I really don't know why. I mean, I guess they added the treasure component to that just to – Inside clash just so you're going to the same areas and stuff right but i wish it was just a pure pvp thing where mm-hmm. have a have a shrinking circle or something you know to, to 
Twitch clash, do something that, that else, because I would rather just focus on combat. Having to focus Anything on the else. combat and try to find and dig up treasure and get it back to somebody, you're essentially playing the regular game and just kind of a condensed blitz environment. And right. um, I, I did not particularly love that. And then I, I think one thing the game's always struggled with, and, and so it doesn't translate well to a PvP environment, is is the floaty aiming and sword fighting. There's Ugh. no precision in it at all. Um, and if you're trying to be competitive, you, yeah. you, you can't control your character on a really basic level. I, it's, it's, it was a pretty unsatisfying mode. I'll tell um, you how good of a game it is. I started the other night to play with you guys first 30 minutes. I was in the shop getting my first set of clothes, barely played the game. And all of a sudden I'm getting knifed in the damn menu. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Lord. die. I, I literally started 30 minutes ago. I'm like, what the, <laughs> I just want to yeah. figure out the game first. You're already throwing people in here. Killing me. Thanks, rare. This game with this really cutesy art Ugh. style and this really welcome design. It, it's just like a griefer's paradise. Mm. <laughs> yes. So awful. Yeah. Rose brought us some great games. Um, yes. Oh yeah. And I think that's I why mean, this kind of stings on another level. Yeah. <laughs> you expect so much from them. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. They brought us some great ones. Uh, Banjo Kazooie, Donkey Kong Country, Perfect Dark, Goldeneye, all, all ones we've, you've come to know and love. Um, Cameo was one of the first big Xbox games. Like that was one that they pushed out with. It was a cool one. With, mm-hmm. the, with the with Viva Pinata, shit like that. Um, I will tell you that I bought today. Uh, I realized that it was on Xbox One's store. Uh, Conquer Live and Reloaded because the multiplayer yeah. on that against the fantastic bots is so much fun, dude. It's just a stupid little it game, but awesome. it, it's ten bucks and it was a blast. I just bought it earlier. It's fantastic. Yeah, and, and they owned that generation. You know the the N sixty four era. And right. and really kind of late Super Nintendo stuff as well. They they started really making their mark. And Microsoft got them in 2002. And ultimately, they haven't done much for Microsoft. And it, it's kind of heartbreaking when you think of... Because they were a developer that not only made great games, but they made wildly different games. Banjo-Kazooie yes. and Goldeneye couldn't be more different. Um, right. Generally, a developer has kind of this signature yeah. style. You know, you think of a respawn game, you know what that's like. You know what you're going to get with a respawn game, right? Um, but rare, you don't. You you had wildly different experiences across the board. They were very innovative and tried different things. And when you look at platformers on at the N64 time, the only good 3D platformers at that time were Super Mario 64 and Banjo-Kazooie. They were the only ones that really figured out how to make that work. Because it was so early in 3D. And then to do Conquers, to take that platforming and then add this adult humor, it felt really unique and kind of risky. And uh, it, was, it was a very bold move. And then to go into, uh, again, Goldeneye, Perfect Dark. I think Perfect Dark, Nintendo Power gave it a higher score than 10 because it blew the roof off of you know what games were wow. at that time. You know, and they had already and, given right. games perfect scores. An A+. Uh, plus. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which I still, you know, I think of Perfect Dark sometimes because there are some mechanics in that game that really haven't been used in modern games. I always think of the disarm mechanic, which was really cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, that you right. could, you know, you, you would round a corner and if you had that disarm option up or whatever and you saw a guy with a gun, you can knock the gun out of his hand, grab his gun and shoot him. And there are very few games that use that even now or ever did. Um, 
and then in some ways, I've never it's come across that game. Yeah, um, jeez, that's awesome. Yeah, and and I, I don't know, man. I, I'm kind of Microsoft's made some big purchases lately as far as picking up devs. You know, they have Obsidian now, which is their more marquee one. They have Playground Games, who they've had for some time, but they're doing. You know, they do the Forza Horizon games. They'll be doing the next Fable. They have some really incredible developers now. And I think in this next console generation, you're going to see some great Xbox exclusive titles. Um, I hope so. Mm. But rare, I, man, I want, I want to bet on them so bad. And I think it just breaks my heart that Sea of Thieves, because they, they rely too much on the randomness and the emergent moment in that game, because the game is good when you're on your way back after getting a chest and it's like, Oh God, I've got to fight an enemy ship. And then if you win that fight and you're able to steal something from the enemy and take it, you know, you have those moments that are really cool, but those moments aren't guaranteed. They're not built into the game because a lot of open world games yeah. are basically fetch quests, right? That's basically yeah. what you do over and over oh, again. Yeah. Absolutely. But, but in a more curated or single player environment, then you have these things that are designed to, throw curveballs at you and to sidetrack you and make the quest go in this completely different direction that, that makes you forget you're doing a fetch quest, right? And mm-hmm. it, it adds some type of dimension. Um, and that's the problem with Sea of Thieves is that that curveball is not guaranteed. It happens sometimes, but it doesn't always happen. And if you get in this loop where you're just going to different islands and grabbing chests and dropping them off over and over and over again, it becomes unfun really fast. And it, it's not a game I would recommend to anyone. I, I mean, like, unless you really becomes, enjoyed the game, I don't see a point in checking out the anniversary update that came out this week. It becomes unfun before you finish the first mission. You're like, oh, this is yeah. fucking miserable. Yep. How many uh, Tom Hardys would you give it, Josh? <laughs> uh, Tom Hardys, is this, is this a scale we're using? How, how about how many Val Kilmers does that equate to? I'm more familiar with the Val Kilmers. Oh, rating shit, scale. our scales are off. 27, 27 Val Kilmers. The game I would give probably 23 Val Kilmers, and I'll let you do the math on the conversion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 0.75. Yeah, we'll just, there you go. We'll have to call it a math magician. the math. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's one to avoid um, unless you just fell in love with it initially. But anyway, that's a wrap, boys. Brooks, why don't you end this episode as we end every episode and tell them what's in the box? In the box this week, Josh, listeners, is your very own Sonic Survival Kit. Oh. Sonic the Hedgehog movie survival kit does include one can of bear mace so that you may blind yourself. A very nice, fashionable set of earplugs so that you don't have to hear any of the dialogue from Jim Carrey to John <laughs> Ralphio. And then a pistol loaded with one round because ultimately Jeez. you're probably you just want to gonna kill yourself. If you wait, wait, wait. Are there, are there any shooters? A couple shooters over there? Uh, I mean, you're going to have to get drunk before you go on your way. Uh, Not included in this box. Yeah. Man, BYOB.